said, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we. Ice, 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 That's right. That is right. Yes. Uh, yes, yes yes i'm in it i'm here we are we're yes. here it's still daylight saving mode <laughs> we're still running off weird fumes okay oh my I look gosh like a sick old grandmother because i'm like, wearing my taylor swift grandma okay, sweater <laughs> my fucking t-swift taylor uh, taylor what uh <laughs> fucking cardigan is like the most old people garden again ever like the only thing that makes it youthful are these star patches (laughs) on the elbows no that's super old person right there yeah the grandpa sweaters they always have like well yeah but no old person's like stars jimmy it says it has stars (laughs) (laughs) look at these jazzy stars on my elbows Barbara, they're so nice they're so nice when i lean my elbows they fucking hurt them more i have to i have to pull my sweater up and now i got shoulder stars oh my goodness <laughs> oh my god oh jimmy jimmy yeah. jimmy and barb love it all right, all right. Start. are we ready to go yeah <laughs> welcome back to no thank you next (laughs) i'm megan and i talk about true crime stories that happen while dating and i'm rachel and i talk about true crime nope i don't know rachel what do you do (laughs) definitely not gonna re-record that shit uh nope uh words are hard i talk about true crime stories that happen while married hi guys Welcome. welcome to our podcast if you're new, ah. we do better other times. <laughs> but we bring the LOLs. That's right. That's right, people. That is what we're here for. We're here to bring you up, take you down, and then bring you back up again. It's Honestly, a roller coaster of emotion. It is a roller coaster of a podcast. We bring the class and sass sometimes. <laughs> other times, we bring the tired and wired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That kind of uh, works. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. I'm bringing it. Bringing it hard. <laughs> I Laying honestly, down, all cuddled up in bed. <laughs> I literally am at <laughs> like, maybe I should take a picture. Mm-hmm. I'm at the like laziest. I look ill. Like I look like a sick person. I legit look like a, wow. And I'm bringing it. Here, let me put a pillow up. We'll okay. both be sickly. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. We don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we both bring it hard. Can I wait? What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Oh, so good. I'm all like right freshly showered in my PJs. Listen, this is the way to live your life. If there is another way, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, like, I'm so scared when COVID's over that I have to do things on weekends, you know? (laughs) You're going to be invited to brunch again. (laughs) Like, I already know bridal showers are coming and weddings. And once Vince gets vaccinated, I have no excuses left. 
No. And it's just, I just, I mean, I'm only 92% safe. So then I can also use the other 8% that I'm scared. I can do that. <laughs> That's so, such a small percentage though. I know. I, I'm more safe than I'm not. But if I don't want to go, I'm very scared. So Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I could see that. Cause it's like the excuse of COVID has been so nice for a year. Like, like yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You're not being safe. I can't go like exactly. And like being snobby about how, like I've stayed inside like so much is like so nice. Like being like, <laughs> Oh, you go to restaurants. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't be friends right now. Like I <laughs> like it's been so nice. And then eventually it's just going to be like, What's your excuse that you can't go? You just have to be honest. I just don't like going to lunch with you. No, it's I like you realize go. how much of a, like, a, like, I don't want to say hermit because that has such a negative connotation, but like a yeah. homebody, you realize you're totally yeah. fine being home. I'm cool staying home. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool getting takeout a- and bringing it home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like there was okay. a point where it was like almost miserable and then it became mm-hmm. normal. And now it's just like, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. No, thanks. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I would like to move to a larger home. That's Mm -hmm. my only complaint. I don't have a lot of space, but I mean, honestly, I just feel like, yeah, I could do more of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird how yeah. it's like, I, I can't wait for it to be some over people though. Like I miss like once summer happens, like I miss having our pool days and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But now it comes down to like, are other people comfortable? You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like at a certain point I'm like carefree because of my vaccination, but I just want to make sure other people are like, okay. But like the reality, I just want to like do stuff. Like I want to do free stuff. Like pool days don't cost money, you know? Yeah. I don't want to go to, I don't like lunches. Just come over here. I know. Get some fun new pool floats, hang out in my pool. I know we're almost to warm days. I mean, it was fucking freezing this week. I know there's people in actual freezing places, but it was quite cold this week. Dude, you can't talk to Californians about being cold because anything below, like, yeah, like it was like, it was fucking like 39, like Buddy's poop was steaming. (laughs) It was cold. I know I went to let the dogs in from the backyard. I'm like, you can see your breath outside. It's really cold out there. I'm not going out there. No, it was so cold. Although I did test my masks and I was like breathing inside my mask. I was like, these are good. These are good masks. I'm not seeing any breath out here. I was like, these are good. It was really cold. The rain was super cool. The rain, I finally got a car wash. I was like waiting for that rain <laughs> to end. But the fucking hail was so cool. It we didn't snowed. get really any hail over here, but <gasps> I did. Really? I had the same thing on my windshield that you had on yours that I saw your little video of where it looked like <gasps> yeah, it was like slushy. snowing. The slushy, slushy rain, yeah, not quite yeah. snow, not quite. Yeah, mm. it was whatever it was. California yes. snow. Got the same thing on so my windshield. Weird. 
Al, did you just see him kick the fuck out of me? (laughs) Yeah, like he like literally uses me to make himself comfortable. He's just like, let me push myself further down. (laughs) Jesus. Oh my God. Sometimes I'll see Honey and Clifford do that to each other. If they're like getting a little bit too close, one of them will totally like push on the other (gasps) one out of nowhere. Yeah, that's what he fucking does to me in my sleep. I just like find him like this up against my back, (laughs) all his legs. And I'm like, bitch, I'm in a, like, every time I think I am. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in a toddler size bed and you're fucking taking up the whole king. Like move the fuck over. over. Scooch over. Anyways, that's, that's dog talk. (laughs) (laughs) We love dog talk. (laughs) Love dog talk. Okay. So guys on a more sad note so books right right I talked about I still haven't finished um what's her face's book uh Holly Madison oh you know I keep getting into these books and I also got actual books to physically read not auto audiobooks and I have yet (laughs) to fucking read them I only have 11 days left and I know and there's five people waiting those five people are waiting for this book and I'm, I'm like, like nah, no. I want it on my, I want, oh my God, I should turn my Kindle on airplane mode. You dummy. Then I have it forever. Okay. Anyways, guys, if you want a tip on how to <laughs> keep your library books for longer than the due dates, there you go. I'm such an idiot. Is it here? It's just fucking. You're like, I'm just going to do it now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm just going to do it all. Yeah. It's in, the, it's in the other room. But anyways, um, so I've been looking for new books and holly madison's it's really hard to get through i can't get past that h business but i'm trying i Mm -hmm. i have i have seven days left high chance i won't do it but i got to a good part you know right to the when they started the show i'm like i'm good i don't know about her life after maybe i'll rent it again anyways (laughs) so i was listening to um Doc Shepard's podcast. What's it called? Is it just called Doc Shepard? No. <laughs> Armchair Expert. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Okay. I was listening to Armchair Expert and they were talking to, I don't remember who was on the show, but they brought up the book. Uh, they always bring up like really like dark topic documentaries or dark books. Like they okay. really, like they recommended the gymnastic documentary that was oh god on... this year yeah no easy no easy a that's definitely that's not, not it, it. <laughs> anyways it's on netflix and i hadn't like even considered watching it but after they were talking about it i was like oh i should but um oh also the uh never mind okay so i can't remember the name right now honestly we are just literal shells of people if i don't have it in front of me it's not anywhere it's nope there's nope Nope. it's not nope it's (laughs) ungoogleable okay so the book i just started which is honestly it's a very dark sad book but this writer this person who wrote their memoir is such a fantastic writer that it is really just unlike any other memoir I've watched. So it's called Know My Name. 
and it's by Chanel Miller. And it is the victim that Brock Turner raped. And everyone knows Brock Turner, of course. Mm -hmm. That piece of shit will be known forever. And um, basically she was Jane Doe for a really long time. And when it came to the trial, she decided to actually say her name and come out and show her face and so she wrote this memoir and it's so good like it's just very um it's well done like Mm -hmm. it's like a story like it's not I don't know like a lot of memoirs are like so I don't know also like how do these people fucking remember things from like their childhood when they write memoirs like I don't get it like dude do they make it up because it's like so detailed yeah my brother has a brain like that though like if I try to remember something he'll be like yeah I remember exactly that and he can like fill in the blank and then like we have a friend like one of Mike's like good friends is like that it's like I can sit and listen to this guy storytell all the time because he just remembers fucking everything so I wonder if there's how do you do that it's just like their lives that help them fill it out because it's like on your own it's hard to remember every piece of it I don't know some people just have that like not exactly a photographic memory but so like well you just like kind of repeat things in your head that are good like I remember stuff when I was like three and four years old I remember stuff when I was like in elementary school like I remember far far back yeah maybe the details are a little fuzzy now but I used to constantly like think about what happened in the past so often that it was like there's no way I could forget what was happening like oh interesting I, w- I would like replay them in my head like movies oh wow so maybe that's, that's how maybe that's, maybe that's it I know <laughs> <laughs> that's it because yeah, pretty- and, and sorry <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm so sorry no what were you gonna say um no, I, and I've just always heard that to be like, if you have something like really amazing happen, like you like yeah, you go to a concert true. and you're like, this is unforgettable. Or like, you just have and like an experience it. with somebody like you have to like, replay it in your head over and over and over yeah, again. That's Otherwise true. you're going to forget it. Like that was one thing that someone told me like for my wedding day, like, don't stop believing. No, don't, <laughs> don't stop playing the what happened that day in your head. And there are oh, certain things that I'm just like, if I really think about it, oh yeah, like I do remember a lot. Like Michael almost saw me in my wedding dress when I stepped <gasps> off the elevator. Like, oh and I God. ran back in the elevator and there was somebody like standing there who saw me and they like were trying to see who I was looking at. Cause like Mike and his whole family was still in the lobby while I was walking out with my parents. And like, they were already supposed to be gone. Cause oh, we were no. leaving late. And like, he almost yeah. saw me in my wedding dress and I free. And like, there's just little, th- like I remember getting ready in my mom's room and I remember writing my vows like with Mike, like having a couple beers in our hotel room, and like honestly, the ceremony. Vows you have to replay this stuff. Out. Yeah, but like vows, I feel like I'm gonna give the speech of that girl, the <laughs> the one on TikTok. She's like, if I knew that I was gonna <laughs> marry the man of my dreams, like I'm gonna be like. I feel like it's really hard for me to be like sentimental or like to be yeah. like authentically like your authentic self in yeah. love. Like I'm gonna for sure make jokes. I just feel like that's fine. That's- <laughs> but that's 
part of it. Like our vows are literally written on the Royal Lahaina stationery, like his vows and mine. And I I still have them. Yeah. I want to have them framed and they're like full of typos, stuff we crossed out. Like, yeah. Why are they framed? Rachel, I swear (laughs) to God. If you do um, not start, you have that fucking the, huge wall I in know. your living room. Like you need to make like shelving mm-hmm. and then put like gigantic fucking frames like on the shelves and make like cute collage make a wall. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Or use to. like wood and like make designs in the background. And then I don't know, but literally that the, cool. you have so much like canvas to I like do. work with and you have so many beautiful photos like you need to <laughs> fucking print them for the Guys, love of I'm, god i'm the worst truly I'm like worst. what is happening just i don't i like think about it and i'm like i really need to do that and then i just go back doing my like day-to-day mundane shit and i'm just okay like, oh. what's happening with your bedroom like have you started painting it yet <laughs> rachel <laughs> You literally have nothing but time. We're in a panini. <laughs> like, serious. Get, get it together. I know. I know. I need to get white paint for my baseboards and for my fireplace. And it's That's like, what's I holding know. you back? Dude, it's like these little, I have these little roadblocks that don't matter. But in my mind, it's like, I can't move forward until, no, I, no. I, until I get these. <laughs> no. That's a no. no. Awesome. I do have painters tape though. I need to like tape my ceilings. Like once just I tape my fucking... ceilings, I'll just go. Just will you or will you live with painters tape? <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> then maybe that's the thing you need to do is go fucking tape or go, go get tape. an edger. You don't even need to tape. Right. Just go fucking One tape. One more roadblock. <laughs> I, as soon as I said it, I was like, God damn it. She's going to fucking. No. I need an edger now. No. Go fucking tape your room. Just tape it up and just fucking paint it. Okay. Just okay. do it. Okay. I will. I will. See, okay. I need this. I need the push. I bullied you last time to paint your house. <laughs> <laughs> I will be back. I Good. Please. You'll be my reminder system. My alarm. Yeah. yeah. Go, just go paint. Just, I mean, just go tape. That'll get you started. Just do the hardest thing first. That's hard to tape. So just go fucking do it. It does suck. So just go fucking do it. Do one wall a day or something. Right. Just just do it it in little. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And that was the first song that came to me. That. So telling. That was like, amazing. That's so good. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. It. I completely interrupted you with you were talking about know my name and we were talking about how, oh like, my how God. she has all these memories about oh, oh anyway. my goodness. Okay. Sorry guys. Know my name. Such a serious topic. God. We're I don't know how place. we got so sidetracked. Oh. Okay. Anyways, this book is very sad. It, it, it literally starts with the night that it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm only like 10% in, but it is just really well written. And I'm enjoying her telling her story because it really is a story of someone that is being told what happened to her. 
Like mm-hmm. she was really drunk and doesn't remember. She wakes up in the hospital so confused. And the police officer tells her she may have been in in a sexual encounter that was um they don't even call it rape. So she goes over like what California calls rape and what um I can't remember what the other plot the other thing it might not be the United States or maybe it's sexual abuse specifics but there's different levels of what's considered sexual like rape penetration so basically it's just she's going through all the motions of her like waking up in the hospital and not knowing what happened and um people telling her piecing it together for her and hearing the fact that a man who was riding his bike home who saw the incident was hysterically crying while telling police what he saw makes it real for her to know that it was bad what they what they witnessed and that the police officer says that he was almost brought to tears talking to this man who was crying telling the story like she's she describes how it's grown men are being brought to this emotion and she's like oh this must have been bad Mm -hmm. like that's because she keeps thinking oh it's fine it's it's like I'll, I'll move on and she even describes she thinks that one day she'll bring it up at a at dinner to tell her parents like oh yeah I was almost sexually assaulted and then they'll just blow by it like mm-hmm. she thinks this is something because she doesn't remember so much that she just thinks that it'll just blow over and it little wow. does she know at this point of the story I mean, as she's writing it, of course she knows. But at this point in the story, she didn't know how important her story would be. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's not the victim of Brock Turner, which I it's hard. I didn't want to like describe it that way because she mm-hmm. explains that she's not his property. She's mm-hmm. not anything with him. Like she's not associated with him. He did that to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a really, so far wow. it's just a really good story and such a sad sad story so Mm -hmm. but she's just so brave like she spoke out and yeah maybe he was made to be an example but he's a fucking white frat kid that like maybe he's not a frat kid I don't want to I don't know too much about his personal life but right um at least yet but he yeah like he was being a freak that night. Like other pr- people are piecing together that guy. Like his her sister is being interviewed, and apparently he had been like so weird the entire night, and mm. it just reminded me so much of the um, Kristen Smart story. Like mm-hmm. it's just where she kind of changed her vibe. Yeah, but it's just a weird guy at a party, and everyone at the party has an encounter with the weird guy at the party. Oh, okay, yeah, you know and it's just like I don't know like it's just so scary like I'm just so glad I'm not a college student anymore and I survived like unscathed but Mm -hmm. it's just so terrifying I don't know it's just like things just get out of hand when people are exactly left to their own devices yes exactly oh I don't have anybody like 
yeah really keeping tabs on me i don't have to like report to anybody i can just College kind of do what i want fucking crazy they're crazy because they're finally like out on their own and all they want to yeah. do is like reckless shit sometimes like, yeah and she didn't <clears throat> even go to the school like she just went there for a party and that happened mm-hmm. i went to so many ucla parties and ucsb parties and mm-hmm. the amount of times that i got incredibly wasted with all my friends being incredibly wasted like no one watching over one another you know no there's like, nobody like babysitting or no, like making sure exactly. everyone's fine everyone's you guys are just all this, having yeah your a own good time. good time we're all there for the same reason and we all yep. chose to be selfish like and mm-hmm. do that so i don't know my recommendation read that book listen to it whatever you want to do but it's really good i'll have to check it out i will yeah. check it out you know me i love books it takes me a while to get through them but you know, the point like, is you try. Go paint your room. I mean, go <laughs> tape your room. Go tape it. That's right. I will. I will do it. I will do it. I have we'll, the tape. Will she do it? We'll check in next week, guys. Stay tuned. Yeah. I, have, I have. I have. Medi- my room. I have mediocre hopes. Small expectations. <laughs> you keep that bar low. Okay. Got it. And on that note, <laughs> I kind of have a crazy story for you guys today. Ooh, okay. So we are all very aware that in a lot of true crime cases that we discuss, we will never 100% know the truth behind what went wrong and what happened, unless that person has no issue confessing what happened. Yeah. In today's story, we don't truly know what happened. The evidence obtained is like slim to none. And yet we still feel in the end that justice has been served. I introduce you to Judy or Baldwin and her, her husband, James Baldwin, who goes by Jamie. So we're just going to call him Jamie from here on out guys. This story takes place in Lancaster County, South Carolina. Judy Baldwin is the sweetest woman in the whole wide world. She's a mother, a grandmother, and unfortunately a widow who lost her one true love who to a fatal motorcycle accident, but she never gave up on love. She just always was wanting to have that other person by her side through life. She has two wonderful grown sons named Josh and Chris, and she's close with her niece and nephew as well. She's the type of woman who would be your new best friend within minutes of meeting her and her adventurous and loving spirit was something that you wanted a slice of. Years after her husband's sudden passing, like I'm talking over 10, 12 years down the line, she meets Jamie Baldwin, who is a former police officer and 911 dispatch operator. The two are crazy in love and Judy's sons are thrilled that their mom has found a strong man who could protect, care, and love her the way that she deserved. Judy and Jamie were in a motorcycle club called the Carolina Thunder Christian Motorcycle Club. And they were in it with Judy. Yeah. So like, even though her husband died a tragic accident and a motorcycle accident, she she was was still like a motorcycle babe. My heart (laughs) is with God, the Christian motorcycles. (laughs) Like what an eclectic, like amount of like words that went into that club. Like (laughs) to be all of those things. All of those things. Wild. Thunder Christian motorcycle club. (laughs) (laughs) Like you got to run around thunder. with God. 
you gotta yeah. love Christians. You gotta love motorcycles. Gotta love my it three Bible, my three things I love in life. I love thunder. I love my God Almighty, and I love my motorcycle. Love my- <laughs> so good. Can't tear me away from my Harley. <laughs> you, you can't tear. God is the only nope. one that can tear me away from my. Let him strike me with thunder. I will ride my motorcycle to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Just you watch. (laughs) I I like want like a tombstone with just someone riding a motorcycle (laughs) to heaven. (laughs) Like they're being abducted by aliens. Like yeah. beam, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so they were in that Thunder Christian Motorcycle Club with okay. Judy's best friend Kay Black and her husband Randall, mm-hmm. and everything just seemed like it was the picture of perfection. They went riding every single weekend. I mean, these people are like retired. They're enjoying their lives. Their kids are grown. Like they got nothing but time. They got time to paint their rooms. They got time to go riding every weekend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I bet their rooms are painted. (laughs) Nice and crisp. (laughs) And so they went riding every weekend. Judy's sons, they live close by so she can see her grandbabies Aww, as often cute. as she likes. And her relationship with Jamie was wonderful. Well, maybe that last part wasn't entirely true. Uh oh. Judy confided in best friend Kay, who is basically like her sister. And Judy mentions that she suspects that Jamie is having an affair with a woman in their motorcycle club <gasps> named Terry King. What the fuck? She's like, yeah, she's like, I, when I look at him, they're always like side-eyeing each other. They're always looking at each other. They get kind of like touchy-feely, like they bump into each other and stuff when they thought that no one was looking. And whenever one of them went to go smoke cigarettes outside, the other one went every uh, single time. I don't so, like that. I don't like that. So she confronted them and they both denied any whisper of an affair, but something just didn't sit right with Judy especially since Jamie had been persistently asking Judy to do a three-way with Terry. (laughs) What? Yeah. It's like, no, I don't like her, but we could. But we could. (laughs) If you wanted to. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, could you be more obvious? I know. Chandler Bing is here. Could you be be? more, more obvious? Like, what the fuck? so yeah so red flag right there no I don't like her but I'd love to have sex with her but only if you were there so yeah it's like I'm not a cheater I'm not a cheater but right exactly like oh my Mm -mm. god so the summer and the fall months fade away and it's now December of 2016 and there's been an accident well there's actually been two accidents a 911 call is placed by Jamie and he sounds completely distraught, upset, and deeply saddened. He explains that he's been in a car accident and his wife was ejected from their car. When he came to after being knocked out in the accident, he found her body lying in a creek and attempted CPR without success. An ambulance comes for Jamie and a coroner comes for Judy. <gasps> 
Judy's sons are contacted and Josh is the first to arrive. He asks the reception for his mother's room, but there's no record of her. So he asks for stepdad, Jamie Baldwin, and he's able to go and see him. So Josh asks Jamie, what happened? Where's mom? And Jamie has to tell him that his mother didn't make it. Oh my God. Once Chris arrives, Josh gives his brother the terrible news. Their mother died in a car crash, similar to all those years ago when they lost their father, and they are reliving the pain and the anguish all over again. Yeah, that's so sad. It's so sad. Jamie explains to his stepkids that their mom fell off a ladder at home and hurt herself badly, and they were on their way to the hospital to get her stitched up, and that's when they nearly had a head-on collision. Jamie swerved to avoid hitting the oncoming truck, which caused him to crash down an embankment and smash into the creek below. He was knocked out unconscious and Judy was ejected from their Jeep and inevitably died in the accident. The coroner and a friend of Judy's was there to pick up her body. He noticed a strange gash on her forehead and deep black circles around her bulging eyes. These raccoon eyes, right, as they're called, are due to blunt force trauma to the head. To the coroner, Terry Tinker, this seems like something unusual happened, and he just really hopes that he can learn the cause of Judy's death. Mm -hmm. Word of Judy's death trickles down to her niece and nephew, and they are heartbroken to say the least. Nephew Rodney Wright is the first to think about Judy's sweet little Yorkie at home. He's like, okay, Jamie's in the hospital. Judy is gone. There's nobody at her house and she's got a dog all alone. Mm -hmm. So he is like, okay, I'm going to go take care of her dog. He's got a key to the house. Like she's super close with her family. So this is like not unusual. And when he goes to the house, he goes inside and he is completely shocked by what he finds. There is blood on the fireplace and lots of it, like on the mantle, on the floor. There is a partially knocked over ladder that's like resting against the side of a Christmas tree. There's blood on the walls, blood in the bathroom. And it's not just like a little smear here and there. It's like, it's, it's a lot. And the blood left small pools from the living room to the bathroom. So he's like, what the hell happened in here? Detective Chris Reynolds, who also knew Judy since he was young, is assigned to the case. He's never met Jamie, and he wants to meet with him and discuss what happened that night. During their chat, Jamie tells Detective Reynolds that Judy is larger than life, and he's asked God a million times why he had to take Judy and not him. Jamie explains the two of them were putting up decorations for Christmas. Judy She's tiny. She's only 4'11". So she's using a ladder to hang and adjust ornaments on their Christmas tree. He went outside to his shed to put some tools away. And when he comes back inside, Judy is on the floor by the fireplace. She appeared to have hit her head on the mantle and she even broke a stocking holder during her fall. And so Jamie took her to the bathroom to clean her up, but realized like she needs stitches. Her wounds are just too big for little band-aids. Hmm. allegedly Judy told Jamie not to take her to the hospital that was just a few minutes away because she didn't like Chester hospital so they agreed to go to a hospital 30 minutes away he explains that on that backwoods road they took there was a truck in their lane and he swerved to avoid an accident but he woke up to find himself in the embankment at the house detective Reynolds 
sees the ladder during his investigation. He sees the blood, the blood on the mantle and the broken iron stocking holder. It just looks like a terrible accident. Meanwhile, the coroner is still trying to figure out Judy's cause of death. How did she get that gash on her forehead and why are her eyes so black? And why is there no damage to her body despite falling off a ladder and being ejected from a Jeep? The raccoon eyes are due to blunt force trauma to her head, resulting in blood pooling in her skull. Even after an autopsy is performed, the cause of death couldn't be determined and her death certificate read pending investigation as cause of death. Wow. So remember Judy's friend Kay? Yes. Well, she sat down with the boys about a week after the death of their mom. And she told them everything Judy confided in her about her gut instinct regarding Jamie and Terry. And the boys were like, hold up. Wait, wait just a minute. Because Terry was at the hospital that night with Jamie before the boys ever even got there. What? So they're like, why was she there? It didn't involve the motorcycle club. And it was around one or two in the morning. Whoa. So they're like, that is fucking weird. Like she shouldn't have been there. This was a family incident. Like yeah. she, she had no business being there, but she was. So Kay also reached out to Detective Reynolds about some suspicious texts from Judy and was like, hey, I think you need to see these. But she never heard back. And Judy's kids are just left in the dark wondering why no one is trying to find out what happened to their mom. Yeah. Two months go by. And guess what? Terry and Jamie move in together. No. Apparently they were just roomies, but this looks shady as fuck. Just like right? his threesome. Exactly. Exactly. Judy's, like, come on. Judy's right. Judy's boys and niece are like, something's not right here. And they are up at the Chester. They are up the Chester County prosecutor's office's butt trying to light a fire and get some attention on their mom's accident and their death. They're like, there are too many red flags here. You guys need to look closer. So prosecutor Candace Lively was the angel and the answer that they were looking for. Uh She kept tabs on the sheriff's department and their investigation. And they told her, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're dotting our I's. We're crossing our T's. But oops, it turns out that they weren't. The investigation had too many holes in it. People weren't being interviewed. Proper evidence wasn't collected. The police department was looking at it as though it was an accident until proven otherwise. But the prosecution was like, wrong. Treat this like a homicide until you prove it like an accident. Yeah. Jamie's and Judy's clothes were not collected that night for forensics. Cell phone data was not collected. The coroner even mentioned to the detective that Judy's death appeared to be a homicide, but the detectives overlooked that piece of information. What the fuck? The photos taken of the crime scene were blurry, washed out, blood for forensics wasn't taken, the house wasn't sealed, like nothing. Like the bare bones things that you should be doing, it wasn't done. Terry King went to the house and cleaned it up. She even asked Detective Reynolds for help cleaning up the blood, and he gave her a phone number for a company that specializes in crime scene cleanups. Oh, my God. He's like, well, she asked. She needed help. 
the, like you're not God, it's like because like, he, he got was down just, on his hands and knees and helped her yes he was just like, like is this a accident. fingerprint let me get this for let you. me get that smudge off of there for you oh my god so she erased any possible evidence that could have been collected because it wasn't nothing literally nothing was done nothing was yeah done. yeah Eight months later, the sheriff department steps down and allows the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division to take over the case. They were very detailed in their reinvestigation, and they came to the same conclusion as the coroner and the prosecutor, that this is a homicide. They had enough information to present it to a grand jury. They approved it. And one and a half years after Judy's death, Jamie was arrested and charged with first degree murder. Whoa. October of 2019, and it's trial time. And the prosecution has their work cut out for them because of the lack of evidence to prove their case. So they've they've got some work to do. Prosecutor Lively alleges and believes that Judy demanded Jamie cut off his side piece relationship with Terry and that pissed off Jamie. And his temper flared and he took his anger out on Judy and he attacked her. It's proposed that Terry took one of the stocking holders and hit Judy in the head with it so hard that it broke and it caused her brain to bleed, giving her the black eyed bruising around both eyes. The stocking holder is heavy. It's made of iron and the shape matched the unusual laceration in Judy's forehead. A medical examiner expert used by the prosecution claims that Judy died within five minutes of being struck in the head, leaving a panicked Jamie to think of a plan. But like, he's also an ex-police officer. So he has some knowledge of like what to do to kind of cover something up. So allegedly he took her dead body, put it in the Jeep, drove a backwards way to avoid being seen on his way to the hospital because he could have taken the freeway. He just didn't. And he drove down the embankment and put her body in the creek before calling 911. An expert for the defense was like, nope, that's not true. She was alive while she was in the car because there was blood on the seat. There was a rag found in the car, apparently used to like help uh, put pressure (gasps) on her wound. So there was a rag found in the car that was bloody. There was blood on the door on the dashboard and even on the seat that she was sitting in. So they're like, if she's actively, she's actively bleeding, there's so much blood in the car that she was alive. Her heart was beating while she was in the Jeep and she must've been ejected. Yeah. So they're like trying to figure out like, okay, did she die? And she was just bleeding out or was her heart still pumping and she was still alive. So like, what's going on? Lance Corporal Brian Trotter is introduced to the jury, and he is an accident reconstruction expert with the State Highway Patrol. He explains that the Jeep that they are in contains a black box, kind of like what airplanes have. Yeah. And it has to be triggered before it starts recording its its movements. So it's triggered by an accident. So if like the car hits something, and like spins out of control or like rolls or whatever like all of a sudden that black box kicks in and it is starting to record all of that information well in this case there's no recording which means there's no accident like the jeep slowly drove down into the creek jamie didn't crash jamie didn't hit something so hard he blacked out like there was no accident oh my god the jeep the jeep would have said so yeah 
It only took three hours to deliberate and the jurors came back with a shocking verdict. <gasps> guilty of first oh. degree murder. <laughs> no, you're going to say not guilty and I was going to be so mad. I've done, right? So the minimum sentence in South Carolina is 30 years, but Jamie mm-hmm. got life in prison. Judy's sons, right? Judy's sons feel like they can breathe again. They got justice for their mother, but Jamie is still adamant and claims that Judy fell and it really was an accident. Uh, Right. Detective Reynolds, who completely dropped the ball on this case. He, he knows it. He learned a lot from this case and he takes everything that happened here personally. Wow. He feels that the jury made the right decision and he promises that he'll do better by Judy on his next investigations in the future. Wow. And that, my friends, is the true crime story of Judy or Baldwin. May she rest in peace. Oh my God. That's crazy. So nuts. Yeah, it was just just the red flags, the hiding. And then I didn't include this in my story, but apparently Terry had to take the stand and she testified with the defense, but um, there was an issue with her and Jamie because she, I guess things got weird after they moved in together and became roommates. And within like three or four months of living together, she asked him to move out. And he was pissed that she asked him to move out and her house mysteriously burned down. So he actually got charged for arson in this case. They think he did it, that he was so oh like, Oh my God. Angry like, and upset. I, yeah. Cause he killed someone to be in that relationship. And then mm-hmm. and got so mad. He burned psycho. her house down. Right. Yeah, so, that clearly, not- so I'm assuming she was not involved in making sure that um she died like I feel like it was all him no I it was all him I think that he just had this like idea in his head and just was like instead of breaking it off with her and like I don't why is that always yeah why is it murder the the logical explanation is instead of getting a divorce and letting the person just deal with the heartbreak money I'll just kill her yeah yeah exactly like which is so fucked life insurance policies yeah Ugh, it's like they're I'm glad that they exist but like I'm fucking hate that they exist yeah for real because <laughs> it's a motive for so many things like yes it's if so they can't awful. prove it I'll just get the payout it's like oh but yeah you can tell he's a bad guy just bad yeah guy absolutely Mm-mm. he deserves to be behind bars forever forever so yeah I don't I don't know if he's got any uh what is it? No, I, I don't know if it was life without parole, but it was probably was with parole if they definitely like don't give them the max, but who knows, but he might be, you know, the the arson case. The thunder is coming for him. No, (laughs) not even the thunder, the lightning from down below. He's definitely not going to heaven. That's Mm -hmm. fucking, ugh. These Christian men, these older Christian men, I should say, They just like are so like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And it's like, but then they always do the worst stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like bad it's people, man. Bad people. Bad yeah. people out there. There's yeah, there's a lot of people who and they do hide well behind with their God. 
Yes, there's a lot of people who do well with their religious beliefs and they help others. Well, yeah, of course. But then I lot. feel like there's some bad me, bad people that hide behind Jesus. Oh, oh there are. There yeah. are so many. And it's a lot, like a lot of them are like young women too. They're just yeah. Like, I love Jesus, uh, but I will talk the most shit about you. But I'll but I will also do butt stuff. <laughs> God's loophole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. If you don't know about it, go look it up. <laughs> you know, talk to a Mormon. <laughs> but wait, I'm still pure. <laughs> but wait, Jesus. John Smith, but wait. But wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways. That's, that's all, folks. <laughs> that's all. That's all we got for you today. I finally set up time for me to go get my night snacks <laughs> <laughs> I know I haven't even had dinner yet I know I'm, I'm really hungry, hungry. <laughs> yeah all right good talk on guys. that note hope you guys mm-hmm. get your night snacks in and we'll see y'all next week for another horrible song goodbye goodbye <laughs>